This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines concerning Liverpool FC. We'll be touching on Timo Werner's comments about Liverpool, a return to training for the club's one summer signing so far, a transfer target who could possibly sign for a top six rival and the possibility of Jurgen Klopp extending his contract further, plus a couple other stories as well. And to help me run through all of those, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the phone by Matt Addison. Good morning, Matt. Morning, mate. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. Had a day off yesterday and it was a, a busy day, wasn't it, for you, yourselves on the Blood Red and the, the Liverpool Echo desks. Uh, and starting with Timo Werner. He, uh, he did a press conference yesterday, didn't he? It's, it's fairly common knowledge that he, he could have ended up at Anfield had it not been for the coronavirus crisis. You know, we all know he signed for Chelsea, of course, faced Liverpool at Stamford Bridge on Sunday. And just ahead of the match, Matt, I know you were watching the video and, and reading the story yesterday. What's he, what's, what's he been saying about Liverpool? Obviously, he was inevitably asked about them. Yeah, I think he was always going to be asked, wasn't he? And he gave it a fairly lengthy answer, to be honest. It was uh, four or five minutes just about Liverpool in that press conference that he gave. And essentially, he just sort of said that effectively he hinted that he wouldn't have been a good fit for Liverpool. He feels like he's obviously made the right decision to go to Chelsea, which I think is a, a kind of standard answer that you could probably predict. I think reading between the lines, we know that Liverpool never made a, a bid for him. The finances at the time didn't make sense, whether that would be different if it was now or, or in a few weeks. Who knows? But certainly at the time that Chelsea were prepared to put forward the money, Liverpool certainly were not not even you know going to get close to, to the offer that they could give him. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of his actual words, he says, look, Chelsea are a great team. And he also says, maybe I couldn't fit into other great teams, which I think possibly might be a hint towards Liverpool. But of course, we'll, we'll never know for sure. So, of course, he's always going to say it was the best decision for him. It was you know, something that, that he decided. He had a fair few options, I think it's fair to say. Obviously, Bayern Munich have been interested in the past. Real Madrid have been linked with him. Liverpool as well, probably the strongest. Um, but yeah, Timo Werner is now a Chelsea player and, and Liverpool, of course, will have to come up against him at the weekend. So yeah, looking forward to, to seeing what sort of game it is. Looking forward to see how well he plays against Liverpool. He says Liverpool have got great players, Virgil van Dijk, but other defenders as well. And, I think it's uh, it's almost time to, to draw a line under the fact that he could have been a Liverpool player, isn't it? I think it's it's a story that's never going to go away because I think he's going to score a fair few goals this season. Every time he scores, it's going to be brought up again of, oh, could he have been a, a Liverpool player? But the fact is, he's a Chelsea player. Liverpool are doing absolutely fine without him. Mohamed Salah scoring the goals. It's not like Liverpool didn't score last weekend and, and head into this one, you know, in desperate need of a striker. So, Look, it's it's one of those that's going to rumble on, I think. But I think, you know, as much as there's going to be a fair few headlines, not just this weekend, but but going forward as well, it would be quite nice to draw a line under it. But maybe that's just me being a little bit hopeful. <laughs> we all know Werner is one of six summer signings that Chelsea have made. I think it's to the tune of around two hundred million pounds, which has been referenced by Jurgen Klopp and then the Liverpool managers completely fair comments in my opinion were then picked up by Frank Lampard who said he was amused by them uh, it's a bit of a war of words I don't know if it's, it's as strong as that but it's certainly cross words between the two managers con- continuing on from the back end of last season and uh, now Simon Jordan the former Crystal Palace owner turned pundit has, has had his say on this little subplot to Sunday's match 
Yeah, he's almost hit back at Frank Lampard. I think that you can just about get away with saying that. And you know, it's difficult really to, to disagree with him. He agrees with Jurgen Klopp rather than Frank Lampard, and says, you know, nation states and, and oligarchs funding uh, clubs. Obviously, that is going to be a very different situation to the one that Liverpool are in. Liverpool, of course, did go on that spending spree in, in 2018. Um, obviously, the likes of, of Van Dijk and Allison and Nappy Cater and players like that obviously came in for a huge amount of money. But, of course, Frank Lampard, by suggesting that Liverpool were doing exactly what Chelsea had done, maybe forget slightly that that was funded uh, pretty much by Coutinho's sale. It was funded by you know other players being sold as well. And, and of course, since then, Liverpool haven't hardly spent anything, have they? I think they, the biggest fee that they've spent is what the... It cost us Shimikas money. They spent 7.25 on Takumi Minamino. So it's not been huge figures since then. That was very much a, a one-off. So, look, in, in Simon Jordan's words, you know, Liverpool have been natural. They've been organic to get to the point where they are now. And Chelsea very much haven't. So it is very difficult to argue with that. I'm sure Frank Lampard would rather um, Chelsea almost take the, the moral high ground, if you like. But whichever way you go about it, both of the... The teams have got groups of, of excellent players. Liverpool are further down the line in terms of their progression under Jurgen Klopp than Chelsea are with Frank Lampard. So it's never going to be a, a quite fair comparison. And we know it's it's just a fact of, of modern football, isn't it? That clubs have different amounts of money. Liverpool don't have as much money as the other clubs, but I think it's to their credit that they are very much there or thereabouts pretty much every season now under Jurgen Klopp. I know we're going to talk about potentially him extending his contract later in the podcast, but for as long as Klopp is here at Liverpool, you suspect that they're going to be certainly in that top two or three positions in the Premier League, and you wouldn't imagine that they will drop any lower than that. So, look, Simon Jordan, having his say, I don't think Klopp versus Lampard is a huge deal. I don't think neither of them uh, really meant to cause a big fuss or reignite that feud that we saw, obviously, Lampard suggesting the pet liners and, and one or two of Klopp's coaching staff were arrogant when he was last at Anfield. But when it comes to at Stamford Bridge on Sunday, it's all about the football. And, you know, as much as neither of them would have wanted to cause a fuss, I don't think necessarily either of them were, were massively in the wrong in what they said, particularly Jurgen Klopp. But, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Simon Jordan. But again, it, it's one of those where it doesn't really matter at the end of the day if, if Manchester City or Chelsea have more money there's nothing that Liverpool can do about it. So I don't think Jurgen Klopp was necessarily moaning or, or taking a dig. I don't think Frank Lampard really uh, was having too much of a go back, but it's, it's one of those stories that you get this kind of thing. I'm sure we'll see it with Guardiola and Klopp at times or, or Guardiola and Lampard. When these teams are going at it, they're at the top. They're as good as what they are. There's always little storylines that run between them. Yeah, the voice of reason. It's all part of the faith, isn't it? And uh, no doubt, even though you are the voice of reason, I can imagine Klopp and Lampard being asked about each other and their latest comments at the uh, press conference when they take place tomorrow. Certainly Klopp's takes place tomorrow. I'll have to check when Lampard's is. Uh, and no doubt at the Liverpool press conference, Jürgen will also be asked about the latest team news. But we do know that uh, the club's sole signing of the transfer window so far, Costas Simikas, he is back, isn't he, Matt? We did a, a report from the, the train ground ahead of the trip to Chelsea on the Echoes website yesterday which you can now read obviously uh, and yeah Kostas is, is looks fit again Yeah Kostas Shemekas back in training again I believe you can see all of the, the photographs on our Blood Red YouTube channel as well Yes, uh, a report on there and 
Yeah, reports in Greece had suggested that he'd picked up coronavirus or certainly tested positive for it during the last international break. But yeah, he's obviously yet to, to make his competitive debut for Liverpool. But of course now, as we've seen, back in training, back with his teammates and judging from his, his social media, he's pretty happy to, to be there as well. So it looks like he's settling down and Liverpool, uh, it was confirmed last night, will play Lincoln at 7.45 next Thursday. So that could well be his debut in the Carabao Cup. I would imagine Andy Robertson will sit that one out given two fixtures either side of that. Obviously Chelsea this weekend and I think Arsenal after that, isn't it? So plenty of, of games coming up. Uh, and I'm sure we will see Kostas Shimakas at some point. And a couple of other players in training as well. Zedan Jakiri played in that uh, behind-closed-doors secret-friendly. Again, report on the, the Blood Red YouTube channel if you've missed that. Um, he played in, in the game on Sunday. He's now back in training. Again, he's another one who next Thursday against Lincoln, you would imagine he will play. Harry Wilson was there too. Again, uh, not seeing any of him this season not being on Liverpool's bench and not really got close to it either, if we're, we're being totally honest. So you would think that, that he is in with a chance, uh, certainly of being on the bench, but potentially playing as well, of course, unless a club comes in with a, a decent offer before then that means he might be on the move. So plenty of, of players back to Liverpool, plenty of different options and just a, a final one as well. Billy Cometio, anyone who might remember his big hair, that's now gone <laughs> as well. It's all in there. All been shaved off, so a bold new look for him as well. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Uh, one player I know you personally, Matt, would love to see at Liverpool is the gifted Leon midfielder Hussein Awar. Uh, but reports from France uh, suggest he's wanted by the team who beat Liverpool in the Community Shield recently, much to uh, Guy Clark, our colleague and Blood Red host's pleasure, given the fact that he's an Arsenal fan. Uh, yeah, it sounds like Arsenal won him. Yeah, an, an unbelievable player. Yeah, Arsenal apparently accepted offer £36 million for him, according to reports in France. There's already the suggestion that they've put in a, an offer which included partly money and, and partly Matteo Guendouzi for the player who uh, Arsenal uh, saw that offer rejected. But yeah, look, going into this summer, I think that we reported that there was some reports in France suggesting that Lyon wanted around £40 million for him. Obviously, a few months ago that was now, and since they've impressed, they've done really well in the, the Champions League, getting, of course, to the semi-finals, and now it seems like that price tag is, is closer to 60 million. So, but we know who Samar is a player that Liverpool have monitored and, and certainly looked at for a number of years, but they just don't need a, a midfielder at this stage of of the season. They don't need uh, any more options. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think, is the only injured Liverpool player at this moment in time. He'll still be out for. A few weeks yet, but as soon as he comes back, it's it's such a packed area of that pitch. They just don't need anybody else. So, Hussein Awar, I think, for, for Liverpool would have been a perfect number 10 in that 4-2-3-1 system that I think we might see a few times this season. But as much as he does remind me of Felipe Coutinho whenever I see him, Liverpool have, have just got a fair few options in that area. Sakumi Minamino, of course, could make that number 10 position his own throughout the course of this season. But, yeah, unfortunately for Liverpool, I think... Uh, if Arsenal do put the money on the table and, and Leon tend to let these players go once a certain figure is reached, they don't tend to, to keep those players around if they don't want to be there. I think there's a good chance that Hussein Mawal will end up at Arsenal this summer. And, uh, yeah, it'd be good to see him in the Premier League, but personally I'd quite like to see him at Liverpool. 
We'll stay with Arsenal Matt because according to a, an incredibly well-read story on the Liverpool Echoes website yesterday, written by our Liverpool FC correspondent Paul Gorse, the Gunners have moved ahead of the Reds in, in the table, not the, the one that truly matters, but a, a table all the same. Yes, uh, concerning the, the night kit, the Liverpool um, sources there had told Paul Gorse, our Liverpool correspondent, that you know it had been going really well early on. Obviously, we've seen a few celebrities endorsing the, the, the shirts and that sort of thing. LeBron James was pictured wearing it and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Arsenal have uh, sold the most kit this year, despite Liverpool winning the Premier League. Liverpool sales on the home shirt down 12% on what they saw last year with New Balance. The third strip down 54% and the away shirt up 34%. So there is a little bit of a positive with that one to finish. But yeah, I mean, Chelsea have seen an 84% rise in their home shirts. But generally, COVID-19, of course, has meant that of you know, sales of, of shirts and all sorts of things have, have gone down, really. I mean, you only have to look at online searches for kit down 63%. And I suppose it all ties in with big money signings. They entice people to buy new kits. Liverpool and, and plenty of other clubs have been fairly quiet this summer. Pre-season tours, obviously a huge opportunity to, to sell merchandise and that sort of thing. And of course, fans at, at matches as well, if you're not a match-going fan anymore, are you really going to shell out 54, well, more than £50 now, isn't it, for, for replica football shirts when you really only going to wear it a couple of times rather than taking it to the match every week. So, look, it's it's worse for Liverpool this year in that they get, obviously, a percentage of sales in that kit deal with Nike. That's what picked the balance from Nike, the new balance, uh, obviously that court procedure that they had to go through. A lower sort of base fee for, for Liverpool in terms of what they get from Nike. But then they get a bigger proportion of whatever money is made through the sales. So the more sales are made, the more money Liverpool have. I suppose that the fact that all of these figures seemingly are pretty much down apart from that away shirt, which has gone up by about a third, it just seems like you know it's it's not going to be the best year for, for Liverpool in terms of their revenues, just in this particular regard, but I think probably across the board as well. So long term, that kit deal with Nike is going to pay off. It's going to mean that they will get more money in the bank because you'd imagine that you know, once pre-season tours and things like that can go back to normal, these figures will shoot back up again, particularly if Liverpool sustain that success as we expect them to. But just for this year, it does seem like the, the figures are down a little bit. And of course, it's not a massive surprise. But again, it, it ties in with the fact that Liverpool are being very cautious in the transfer market. And probably this is a, a key indicator as to why, of course, they have all of these figures. They know what's going on day to day. And it's very easy for the fans to say, why aren't we you know, going out and spending on Timo Werner or whoever? This is probably one of the, the key reasons to why that is. Very good points. Just to our final story, and probably the most significant one if it transpires, because Jurgen Klopp uh, has been talking about staying at Liverpool even longer than first expected in a, an interview on a, a German YouTube channel. Yeah, obviously we know that Jurgen Klopp extended his contract to 2024, and he's always said that after he leaves Liverpool, he'll take a, a year out. I mean, he, he did say something very similar when he left Borussia Dortmund, and then a few months later he was at <laughs> Liverpool, but... You know, he's always maintained that he will need a break at some point. It was initially thought that that would come in in 2024. That's what he has said in the past. 
um, that he, I think that would take him to what nine years in the job. And I think that's more than than any other job that he's been in. I think he was at Mainz and Borussia Dortmund for uh, seven years at, at each of those clubs. So that was where, of course, Liverpool fans will want him to extend. He's not ruled that out. He said that potentially uh, he could sign another extension and, and stay a little bit longer, but he'll assess that nearer the time. But however long he stays. He says he will have 12 months out of the game as, as soon as he's finished. So there's been a lot of speculation. Obviously, we spoke to Christian Falk a couple of weeks ago. He suggested that you know, maybe if the, the German national team job came up, Klopp might leave Liverpool before 2024 even. But I don't think that's massively likely. I think if uh, you know, the national team job was to, to come up, that will come up again in the future. I don't think, you know, given how well it's going for the team, for Liverpool and for Jurgen Klopp at this moment in time. I don't think he'd want to leave this project particularly early. I think he'll make the most of this. He'll let it run its natural course and, and then pass it on to somebody else at some point further down the line. So I thought the interesting point really was that the Jurgen Klopp not only suggested that he was open to having his contract extended further, but also he made the point quite rightly that Pep Guardiola's contract um, runs out in a year, I believe, and you know he never gets asked about his future or how long you'll be at the club or anything like that. Jurgen Klopp still has four years left and, and he's asked about it virtually every week. So I think that was a, a fair point. I think it was a, a bit of a hint that he is a little bit tired of, of asking or being asked the question uh, and potentially uh, the, the bottom line is potentially at some point down the line his contract may well be extended and as you say that can only be good news for Liverpool because it's been uh, an amazing journey for him so far at Anfield and it would be great to be able to, to have that continue for certainly more than the next four seasons because uh, I think if, if Jurgen Klopp was to leave whoever was to come in next would have an incredibly difficult job Thank you very much Matt and thank you very much for listening as always this afternoon's podcast will be out at 4pm UK time on the Blood Red podcast and YouTube channel as well Matt and it's all about a player Liverpool are definitely keeping an eye on yeah, absolutely. We spoke to Ryan Gray from the Watford Observer about this minor start. Obviously, a player that we know Liverpool are very much interested in. Uh, some really interesting comments from him about sort of style of play, who he's stylistically similar to, and also about the potential transfer fee that, that Ismail Assar might um, demand, or rather Watford would demand for Ismail Assar. So, yeah, really interesting listen. Some great, uh, some great points made in there. And, There'll be uh, stuff on the the Liverpool Echo website at some point as well off the back of that. So you can read about it, listen to it or watch it on YouTube as well. I uh, can promise you it's uh, an interesting listen. Good stuff, mate. But until then, bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.